Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we are back with another edition of Movie Maniacs, a Father's Day edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags with Chuck Curry hanging out with you on Whoa, Whoa, 1190, 107.5 FM if you're listening on Sunday night at midnight or if you're listening on your favorite podcast channel, uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for uh, finding us. Make sure you join us and you get every episode sent right to you every time we do it. Well, since it is Father's Day, Chuck and I are going to rank our favorite dads on the big screen. We'll get to that later on. We've got lots of movie news, some movie reviews to get to, uh, and and we'll do some Fast Five and such too. And it's an odd week because... uh, you know, if you've listened to the last few weeks, I have gone and seen movies and watched movies and Chuck hasn't. This is the rare occasion where Chuck's done his homework. He saw a new release that I haven't seen yet, and he's going to talk about it here in a second. But first, let's bring him on the show. Uh, Chuck Curry, how are you? You doing well? I'm doing OK. I got a, a question right off the bat. When, when is Father's Day? <laughs> Father's Day is this weekend, brother. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. We're both dads. I, I, I had no idea. Um, Chuck, Boy, before we I, get started, I'm, I'm just, I live in this bubble of, of ice cream and smoothies. Well, you're, and, you're, uh, you're, you're East Strasburg's huh? dad. That's the way you got to look at it. Do I want to be? Well, I don't know. All right. Not, let me I've think of, around let me get, that town. Probably let, let me, not. Let me give that some thought and I'll get back to you. Right. All right, Chuck, let's, uh, before we get started, I want to hear what you thought of into the Heights. Uh, I haven't seen you yet. Wait for my daughter. I'll get her this weekend. All right. You're going to slap gonna, me off the bat. But first, but first, yeah, let me ask yeah. you, when I sent you the text yeah. of, Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford in the fedora of on on site just filming the new what, what was your first like what was your first thought when you saw I first film? thought oh that's really cool yeah now I, I I've seen more pictures I've given this thought the last couple days right, right. and I, I was going to send you a text as we 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 banter about with different things during the day once in a while because I don't have a lot of a lot of, a lot of friends so I was figured let me I have something on my mind I want to bounce it off somebody I figure you're Fairly intelligent. Let me ask you. Most of the okay. time, Chuck texts me when he's watching on his uh, 65 inch 4K TV in the middle yes. of the day. So, so here's I- the thing. I had an epiphany or a question that popped in my mind. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, and I don't want to keep bringing this up, but he's going to be 79 in, in July, right? So I say to myself, is it cool or is it absurd that he's still playing Indiana Jones? And the reason I say that is, there's no way you're going to see a 79 year old James Bond or 79 year old Batman or so. I mean, but it really depends on where they take the character, Chuck. We, I, I get it. I know he's not. I know he's not a superhero. Right. Technically, technically. But my point is now on set, they said they had, you know, they had pictures of stuntmen in, in, in Harrison Ford masks. Right. <laughs> and so I, that's what made me think of this question. So I said to myself, is that is that absurd or is that? Is that okay? Let me roll with that. Like, come I, and think. I'm asking you a serious question. I think any other actor, it's le- it's more absurd. That's the only difference. If it was any other mm-hmm. actor, it'd be a little more absurd. Like, if it was Anthony Hopkins, we'd be like, "Whoa, take it easy." He's, but you know, it's Harrison Ford. We grew up with this. Would you want to see? Would you want to see Anthony Hopkins back as Hannibal Lecter in his 80s? Probably not. But I'm surprised yeah. it hasn't happened. To be honest with you. 
Yeah, me too. If you, if you think he's about still it. he's an amazing actor. He is. And he's still getting nominated for uh, for uh, but, hey, Academy Awards. He just Awards. sits in a jail cell. I mean, he could do that. I he guess, could. Right? Yeah. He but does. Harrison Ford's got to like roll around on his elbows. You he's know, gotta, he's got to crack the whip. I'm not. Yeah. Like, he's not. What I'm not saying is not ageism is I'm not making geriatric. No, I know it's not a joke. I'm, not, I'm just asking a serious question. Is well, it let's cool put it or absurd? Way. Tell me. When that when that character debuted in 1981, you didn't think you'd be watching it 40 years later with the same actor. That is true. I no, I mean, I, listen, I, I no one Sylvester Stallone's pulled that off at Rocky. He, he has he's a much you, different I mean, character. But yes, yes. Um, still same character, though. Um, right, right. All right. Uh, well, uh, we'll talk more about movie news in a second. But, you know, Into the Heights debuts in theaters and on HBO Max. I'm interested to see the box office draw for Into the Heights, because I really think this is the type of movie more people might catch it on HBO Max and go into the theaters. But I, I'm pumped up to see it. I hope you have good things to say about it. Let me know your thoughts. OK, first off, let me just say this. Um, it's tracking between 15 and 30 million dollar opening weekend because they just they, it's hard to gauge when it's released day to day with HBO Max. Right. OK. Now, in a poll, they said 86 percent of all people who are going to go see Into the Heights said that this will be their first forte back in the movie theater since pre-COVID. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. I'm surprised, okay. actually. Now, you're going to you're going to take a shot at me here. But uh, even though we booked it at our theater, I wanted to see it for the show. So I did watch it on HBO Max <laughs> on my 65 inch 4K at the ice cream parlor. Today. Now, are you watching this movie while you're serving smoothies? No, 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 no. no. Oh, I, oh, okay. I was I had my full undivided attention. OK, good. good now, here's good. the thing. I don't know. A lot. I didn't know much about it. I saw the trailer. I know it's been delayed for a really long time. And, you know, it was a big Broadway hit. Lynn Manuel. I do know that. And I like musicals. Debut. You know, I like musicals. Right, right. The cast, for the most part, other than Corey Hawkins and Jimmy Smith is in it. Primarily, mm -hmm. to me, unknown. Pretty much. OK. Uh, it takes place in, in Crown Heights, uh, New York, I think like 184th Street. I grew up, for people who don't know, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. So a lot of it was like the tone was familiar. So this movie, this is what this movie is about. It's about community. It's about family. It has. I like this movie, Mike. I liked it. Okay. It's I feel like there's a gigantic movies. butt coming. No, no, no. I okay. liked it. And I got to tell you. The lead and the girl are very appealing. Right. Like really appealing. Like some of it is like made me feel really good. All right. The musical numbers, they're not West Side Story, but they're good. And it has an infectious feel. It is very respectful, very respectful of older people. Because one of the characters who's the main character is an older woman. And they pay her character tremendous respect. And what it does in this community and family is the elderly and the younger. The younger pays respect to the elderly. Right. And they have tremendous importance in, in the community. And this movie at the OK, it, it has a lot of feel good moments. And then the second half takes a little bit of a more serious. I want to say darker turn, but darker than the first half. Right. Let's remember West Side Story is pretty dark. Yes. Not as dark as that, but it was darker than the first half. And at the end, it has a really cool message. I'm not going to give it away, but it has a really what? important, good message that made me sit there and you know what? That's pretty cool. Like, well, I really like the message. What it was trying, it was trying to say something about your dreams and what your dreams are and what your aspirations are. And maybe, Mike, maybe they're right hope, in front of you. 
hope. Maybe uh, they're right in front of you. Maybe they're, they're right in your in front neighborhood. Of you. They're in your neighborhood. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and I like that a lot. A lot. Now let me so let me ask. I you would this. give the movie uh, to me. I I would give it. It's like a seven point eight out of ten. I really I liked it. It's not perfect. It's not West Side Story. But I tell you, it was worth watching. How much screen time does Lin Manuel Miranda have in it? I know he, he, he he's in it. Uh, he's he in has it, a, yeah. he has a few sequences in it. Now, how and from what I gathered from the trailer, this kid Anthony Ramos looks like the whole movie. He's a big um, part of it, and yeah, the girl and who 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 ultimately that connects with him is very appealing. Like she's super appealing. I liked her a lot. The, their connection is the hot is the heartbeat of the film. Well, the set pieces look great, and what I see. And there's another couple, uh, Corey Hawkins, and another girl who I'm not familiar with. They they're an important cog Leslie in the Grace. movie, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. B- 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 and and Jimmy Smith is cool in the movie. He's good. Um, I think Mark, it, it, Mark Anthony's in it too, right? Yeah, right. he's he's in he has, he, has, he has one scene, one good scene. And uh, here, here's the interesting part about it is that I think certain people who understand this type of community and this city life might love this movie. I, I don't know how it'll play in Iowa. I honestly, I don't know. Right. Um, uh, in a, in a normal year, pandemic-free year, and all, is it a hundred million dollar blockbuster? I, I you know it's a musical. I don't know. You know yeah. some of them. You know, the greatest showman caught legs and yeah, uh, this movie, it, it might, I don't know if it'll completely play complete mainstream only because it's, you know, it, it's set in, 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 in upper New York and, and very inner city, um, very culturally driven. I get what you're saying though. It, middle America, especially in the world we live in now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they, they may like they might dismiss it right off the bat. The multiculturalism. Others will, complete, yeah. others will completely embrace and love a lot of this movie. Well, and, and the message of it, is, I'm telling you, the message is a really good one. Like, it's a really, really good one. Well, you got me excited to see it. And I might actually take my daughter to the movies to see it and not and not watch it on on HBO Max. Why not? All right. So let's go. We'll go see it in IMAX. Now, I also ch- I also I also saw A Quiet Place, too. All right. So coming off my review last week, uh-huh. you went out and saw a quiet place, too. And from yeah. the texts I gathered from you while yeah. watching it or after you watch it is you agreed with a lot of my criticism. Of I, it. I did. Here's the thing. I, I thought I thought the opening scene was terrific. Very. Well I was done. like, holy smoke. This is a really good opening scene. It's sort of a prequel. It's a prequel scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, of, of, well, before the events of, of what led up to the first films with Kravinsky's character. Right. Um. And I, and I thought the effects were flawless. I mean, I said to myself, boy, I, I like to see him do an Aliens movie. Like, mm-hmm. they perfect, they mm-hmm. have really perfected these monster effects. But then after the op- great opening sequence, the movie starts to sort of bog down into been there, done that. And it's like rebooting the first film. That's exactly what and I then, said, and, right? And then Emily, Emily Blunt's character is really, I was like, you know, it's sort of like an extended cameo. She's like off screen at least twice for 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. And she is. Just, and. And they plop in Cillian Murphy's basically playing John Krasinski. Yeah, just, yeah. And, I, and, he's, and I, why I like him a lot, he's not. He's I think he's better as a villain and sort of like a good guy. He's like he's all right. But um, and the fact that, again, they don't expand the universe. I I want to see like who what are these? What are they like? Yeah. Where did they come from? Yeah. And and the, the, the plain, you know, the, the don't speak, don't speak. It gets it gets repetitive, Mike. Yeah, it just it does. does. Now, and the only, and it's 96 percent positive on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like. 
Yeah, it, it's just it's been I mean, there, done that, like been, you said. Yeah, it's been there, done that. The most interesting aspect. Technically, very it, well done, though. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's a very talented director. Very, it's, it's very well done. And some great scares in it. The good score by Michael Beltrami. It's, it's a, look, if it was the first film, we'd probably think it was great. So that's the thing. It's like we've seen this. The most interesting aspect is the people on the island. And boy, they spend very little time there. Here's and, the thing. It would be like Alien, right? If they never did Aliens. Right. And they just did Alien again. You go, OK, you know, I've seen that. Yeah, aliens was, is the greatest it, right. alien movie ever. James right. Cameron's Aliens. You're never going to do it better. The problem with the Alien franchise is after James Cameron's Aliens, you can never top it. No. So you, you can't even come close. And so that's been the problem with that. So here, instead of trying to top himself, he tried to equal himself. And it's not yeah. good enough for me. I wanted more. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it seems like to me, like it's like if you made Alien and then they made another one and it was just another crew with one alien doing the same thing. Probably had the same skip, reaction, same reactions. It's basically the same film. Now, it's not bad by any extent of the imagination. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's just we've seen it and it falls into that, 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 that fatal flaw of, well, like you said, been there, done yeah. that. Now they're already yeah. going to make another one. Now, it's, I, I, I wonder now this one's going to be supposedly a spinoff with different characters that's going to expand the universe in a different you have world. To. Right. Yeah. I mean, these people ain't stupid. I mean, they, they have to realize you got to expand the universe. You yeah. have to. Yeah, you have to. Um, uh, so. All right. So that's good. Look at you. Two movies. Uh, and I got and, I got another one. I, I watch episode nine of the big shot on the Disney. Uh, channel. All right, let's move on. Give me now. some. Uh, give me some. John no, let's Stamos. move on I, I'm now. Telling you, I'm, I'm loving this show. Let's Mike. let's move on now to uh, right. some movie news. And by the way, Loki debuted. Why uh, did I get dismissed so quickly off that? Well, did you watch Loki yet? I have not. All right. So did the you? first episode. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm going to see that this weekend as well. All right, so I'll that, try to watch debut. some Loki. OK, Um, Chuck, let's <laughs> do some movie news. And the weirdest movie news I think I saw this week. And you'll probably agree. Rob Zombie doing the Munsters film. What yeah, the going, but what's it's, going it's on? a streaming service movie, right? I know, but it's still like you put these. Two OK, people. here's the deal about Rob Zombie. <laughs> I like the Devil's Rejects. I like I mean, it's nasty, but I enjoy the heck out of that movie. Um, his Halloween remake was interesting for the first half. I despise Halloween, too. Yeah, it's his Halloween, too, is as nasty and vicious to women as anything I've ever seen. Now, does it uh, have the now? Will this have a, the TV tone or his tone? I don't know. It's, I mean, I obviously can have some of his tone. I, I mean, do I am I a fan? No. <laughs> Chuck, do I want to see this? Nope. Uh, I am a fan of the TV series. I thought I grew up watching it. I mean, I loved uh, Fred Gwynn um, and the greatest theme song. What happened? Tim Burton wasn't available. Songs. What's the story? Uh, Chuck, what do you think about a redo of the of the Stephen King classic uh, uh, book and movie, Christine? OK, it, I heard that. It, it he is like, now. Now, it, uh, it, it's it's from the guy who did the Hannibal TV show and Pushing Daisies. Right. OK, mm -hmm. Brian. So Fuller. that's good. Brian Fuller. That's good. Listen, I'm open to it. But here's the thing. The one and not that Carpenter's version is amazing, it, it, it's but it's solid. It, it's a tad bit overrated, to be honest. Yeah, but it's here's good. the thing. Here's the one thing about it that works. Keith Gordon's performance is, yeah. is on. on yeah. yeah. Is, you're not going to beat that performance, man. That guy that he would he killed it. That, that did. that's what makes that movie tick. He did. That's a heck of a performance. He's had two great performances, that one in Back to School and some might argue Jaws, too. But Keith Gordon nailed it and it was perfect casting. It's a he, it was perfect casting. Yeah. And, and people forget it's a Carpenter movie, too. You know, Carpenter well, score is good. Think about it. Carpenter and Stephen King teaming up. 
and that's what they produce. I remember, Let's, listen, I remember back, that came out in 80, what, 82? 83. 83, 83 like that, yeah. right? Okay. It came out through a split reaction. Like, it wasn't, like, critically hailed. Some critics liked it. Some were like, ah, it's not, it's all right. It's sort of like Midland, right? It's like right. a Midland version of the material. Um, I, I could see, and, and also Firestarters in production with uh, Zach Efron is in the lead as the, as the father. Well, they need I, to redo I, that we, one because we, we the original is Firestarter. Yeah, Firestarter is not awful. a good movie. No, that's awful. It's so it's pretty awful. Yeah. When you make George C. Scott look that bad as an actor, I mean no, he's awful bad. in that movie. No, that, that's a bad. Oh, movie. Connie, I mean, holy, that movie's not good. Martin Sheen, David yeah. Keith. I mean, we can, Drew Barrymore. We can go on and on. It's bad. It's just a bad movie. The characters are bad. Yeah, and the book's decent, and that's the yeah. ironic part. But here's the thing: you take like Stephen King. I know we're bouncing around, but. Um, like the Dead Zone, the movie and the in the book have almost nothing to do with each other, other than the, the central theme of a guy goes has a, goes into a coma, gets an exit, goes to coma. Johnny Smith, played by Chris Walker in the movie, and, and can, has the ability to 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 uh, tell the future, mm-hmm. right, or the past. He can read people. That's my I, that's my favorite Stephen King movie. David Cronenberg. I love the dead zone. It's a 10 uh, out of 10. Listen, we have uh, if you guys want to go back, we do have a we do have a greatest Stephen King's movies, but there's also a, a bad Stephen King movie, too. And he's made a, a there's been a ton of, of those. course. The, the crazy thing is, though, I mean, he they're still churning out like Lysi's story just came out on Apple Plus. It's a it's a it's a TV series with Julianne Moore and uh, and uh, it, it, it just debuted. He, yeah. He's still he's still writing book after book after book. It, it's incredible how, you know, he, he keeps churning out stuff and they keep making it into movies. There's there's still some money to be made off Stephen King. And I, I find that pretty exciting. I think most of his stuff, even the it reboot. Uh, listen, I'm, a, I'm up for a uh, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll watch. I'll be there for a Christine remake. Yeah, I will, too. Uh, last thing I have, Chuck, is Peter and Bobby Farrelly getting back together and maybe doing a sequel uh, to their 1996 bowling. Listen, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. You don't think Why? so? No. I like Kingpin. It's a funny movie. And a lot of their a lot of their stuff is very funny. I just think they went to the well too many times with what they do and with their gross humor and their yeah. And, it's, and I just don't think the, I, I, I don't tell know. you one person that's I'm probably not rooting against them though. Uh, I'll tell you one person that might be interested Randy in coming Quaid? back is Randy Quaid. I mean, that gets him back in the limelight now. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> I did oh see uh, by the way, uh Wrigley Field. I saw this today. Wrigley Field, full capacity, full house. Seventh really? inning stretched, and it was Bill Murray, and he he sang "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Chuck, it was like the pandemic never happened. It was incredible. If you get a chance to watch it, it was quite amazing. And just to see Bill Murray be the one to bring everybody back, day game Friday afternoon in wow. uh, Wrigley Field, it was pretty incredible. The guy still got it. Am I and missing something? People are going back to the baseball games. People are going back to baseball games. One hundred percent capacity in Chicago now, dude. Wow. So you're the only one not leaving your house still. No, I am. What are you just going to the smoothie shop. All right, I, what well, do you I got go for back, movie go, news? Anything I go, good? Uh, I left my notes in the car. I got to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> I got so, <laughs> you go out and you run and see all these movies and then you leave your notes in the car for movie news. Uh, I think I covered everything we need to cover, though. Right. I don't think I missed anything. Does the new free guys trailers? Does it make you any more excited to go see it? Uh, No. Let no? me. Uh, here's the thing. This day in movie history. This week in movie history. So well, that's it. You're not that. You're not even expand on why you don't want to see free guy. Free guy. No. So listen to me. 
this week in movie history, Gremlins and Ghostbusters came out the same day. I, I was, you know, I do another radio spot. I don't know if you know that. Right. And uh, I remember going to see uh, that day, that opening day. I went to see Gremlins first. And I, I saw I, Ghostbusters I saw, first. I, I saw I saw Gremlins at the Kings Plaza. I think it was a duplex still movie theater in Brooklyn, New York. And I love Gremlins. And I and I went I went to see Gremlins. That was the that magic year of 1984. I think I saw Gremlins ten times in a movie theater. I li- I lived a very isolated, boring life, and I was very a, <laughs> I was a very much a I was very much a, a thinker. And uh, I remember I remember getting on that bus about ten miles, or I even walked ten miles to that theater, and I'd watch Gremlins, and I and I loved it. And I remember they always used to flip the air campaign in the newspaper. You know, it came out in June and then 4th of July and then August and, and it played in. And then I remember that same weekend I went to see with a few friends Ghostbusters. Now, I always liked Ghostbusters. I didn't love it, though. It, I only saw that, I think, twice in a movie theater. I yeah, saw, it's a tad bit overrated. It is. I, I saw Gremlins. I saw Gremlins 10 times. I saw The Karate Kid 10 times in the theater. I know this sounds crazy, but I did. Well, Chuck, let me ask Beverly you this. Hills, what, 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 a year. Were the, what were the studios missing back there when then, back then when they were at least both these movies on the same day? Oh, Indiana Nowadays, Jones, they would avoid each other. Like eight times. What? Nowadays, they would avoid something They would. Like you know, here's the thing. Uh, Sony, Sony probably wasn't scared of Gremlins. And they probably didn't realize it would, would catch on the way it did. Right. And then we talked about the PG-13 rating with Gremlins uh, again it being controversial and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom being controversial. And then Spielberg came out with the idea and they everybody joined forces in the industry and said, let's do a PG-13, a little edgier rating. And Red Dawn was the first movie to be released that year with a PG-13 rating. Well, why didn't they wait to hold that movie back till Christmas either? That's another Gremlins. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. Why weren't they afraid of Ghostbusters is ba- basically my question. Because they here's the thing, because they had deals. OK, because the amount of releases was not as much as today. And they knew that theaters would carry these movies. Right. And and, right. and they would give it a chance to, to gain some traction, word of mouth and some legs. And that's the way the industry worked. Well, it worked. They both made a ton of money and they're both classics. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Right. If you make a great movie, it's it's going to eventually catch a lot of eyes. Right. I so, agree. Um. All right. Very interesting. And Chuck coming out in theaters, you know, this week. And I say theaters is in the Heights. The Peter Rabbit sequel is coming out this weekend as well. OK, and, I didn't know and, that. And the uh, Paramount Plus movie Infinite with uh, Matt with uh, Mark Wahlberg. I heard is, the reviews are not good, though. Yeah, I think there's a reason why that's only on uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah, I do, too. And that's uh, Anton Fuqua. Uh, although I'm sure Wahlberg and uh, Antoine Fugner, the director, can't be too happy about that. No, probably not. Uh, I'm sure Mark got a lot of money for it, too, I bet. Yeah, uh, but I also heard that the 10 top highest paid actors in the industry this year uh, can thank one person or one entity, and that's Netflix for that honor. Yeah. Because yeah. they're paying the big money. And all these streaming services are paying the big money. They really to, are to me. And tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Paramount. Plus, tell me, tell me Paramount plus might be still. I mean, I think they're running fourth here. I think. Oh right? yeah. I think, big time. I, I heard think, they're going to add a thousand movies to their streaming service. though. they're going to need something. Um, they're falling far behind the, the HBO Max's Netflix and Amazon. Well, Disney. I mean, Disney, listen, Disney, right. Doing like, you know, the Disney, the, the Marvel property. So, I mean, Logan, that's Loki. a hard. That's hard to compete with. That it is hard. I mean, you got you got John Stamos on your playlist. I mean, I mean, how how do you compete with a TV series with John Stamos? I mean, for crying out loud! All right, Chuck. Before we get to uh, 
Excuse our, me. Our I, 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 like, I just our favorite off for dads. a second. That's insulting. Our favorite dad. Give me some Stamos. I know I'm telling you. I'm at show, Mike. Watch out with your daughter. Right, yeah, well, you like sports, right? This is a well-written, well-done show. Okay. And it's different from Mighty Ducks How. When I woke up this morning, I said to me, from Mighty first Ducks thing. How. And it's different from Mighty Ducks How. I think it's a little more mature. But here's oh, the thing. I, I, woke, I woke up this morning, right? I woke up. I slapped myself. I threw some water on my face. And I said, when is that episode of Big Shot streaming? That's what I said. <laughs> You heard right. me. That's one way to live. Okay. Um, all right. Fast five now, Chuck. Here we go. I give you five actors or actresses, and uh, you tell you me the talking first, to me? First, f- first role or film that pops to mind. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Um, we'll start with an oldie but a goodie, and this is going to be borderline easy, but Gene Wilder's done so much great work. Not a lot, but a lot of iconic stuff. Well, yeah. Would, come on. It, it, you know what it is. You, all right. Go ahead. It's Willy Wonka. It is Willie. I mean, Blazing Saddles and Young, right? Listen, the guy's the guy's done some iconic work. But when you think of that character, there is no other actor other than him as that character. I'm sorry. You're just probably isn't. right. You're probably right. It is an iconic role. Although, although if there is one, if you cast one, I know he's not a kid anymore. But if there's one actor you did, let's just say you did another remake of the film. I'm not right. talking about Johnny Depp here. Get God. He, I didn't him. like him in that role. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. would. He'd make something good out of that. Probably no? would. Yes, think, he would. I think in his prime, Robin Williams probably would have, too. I, yes. I think, agree. I think that would have worked. Um, agree. Oh, I, I, I do agree. like you. I Completely do like you agree. Thought. But I, I think, you know, Robin, there's something very special about Robert Downey Jr. There's by a the connection way, he has with the audience. It's rare. I agree. Uh, yeah. By the way, he would have been 88 um, this this weekend. How yeah. about Shia LaBeouf? Now, here's a crazy kid who had some really good roles early on, kind of went yeah. off the deep end a little bit. Now, Shia is... What was that, Suburbia? I like that movie. Suburbia is a very good movie. He's yeah, it's only a good movie. 35 it's like years a reworking old. of a real window. You know what, though? What? I love Eagle Eye. I think that's a great movie. That I, listen, seen. I like him. He's a good. He was good. He was good in the Transformers early he, on, too. He, he, he went a little, you know... A little nuts. Yeah. A little nuts. Little nuts. Um, he was in the Wall Street sequel as well. Um, yeah. And now recently he's just been all over the place. If he's not he getting arrested, he's and yeah. uh, and poorly miscast in the Indiana Jones movie. But if you haven't seen Eagle Eye, uh, it's definitely good. And so is Suburbia. Two really good cult yes, classics. Agree. How agree. about Tim Allen, Chuck? Another guy kind of. They don't make you know, movies like Suburbia anymore. No, they don't. No, they don't. They won't even do it. The studios. No, that's David Morse was the bad guy in that, right? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. And the girl was good. 68 years old, Tim Allen. Uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, to me, it's Galaxy Quest, but he really made a good living out of two things. Buzz Lightyear and the Santa Claus movies made him a lot of money. I know they did. And and they repeat. He had a nice connection with the audience, too. He did very much. So doubt. And he he had two big popular series on ABC. Um, Last Man Standing, of course, the uh, Home Improvement series. Chuck, he's gotten a little controversial lately, though, um, and I know. He's been kind of recast in the upcoming if they do a Buzz Lightyear reboot, which they're talking about, like a origin story. Looks yeah. like Ryan Reynolds is going to be the voice instead of Tim Allen. Um, what do you think of the is that just don't like Hollywood, that. Hollywood getting in their own way because they, they want to make a statement here? Probably. A Listen, problem. I don't really honestly. I don't care about when they're on film, I don't care about their politics. I couldn't agree with you. One, Same I as I like, you, you, you know, if James Woods is in a movie, I like James Woods as an actor. Right. All right. I don't John think Boyd. 
I don't think of, honestly, I don't think about their politics when I'm watching. I'm like, you know, I just, I respect their craft as actors. That's I it. I agree. I agree. 100. It's an art. It's an art. I don't need to know. I don't need to think about. Same thing on the other side, too. Life. The, I don't care. The same thing on the other side, the ultra liberal outspoken ones either. I don't care about your politics. Just make a good movie. I, I don't. That's care. it. Um, Did Chuck, I enjoy it? Did I like it or not? I don't, you know, I'm not bringing baggage into it. Here's an interesting actor, 78 years old this weekend, Malcolm McDowell. Um, he's been in a lot of interesting roles. Clockwork Orange is iconic, of course. Yes. Uh, how about Time After Time? Love Time After Time. It's a great movie. He plays H.G. Wells. Yes. Tries to track down Jack the Ripper in modern day. How San about Francisco. Blue Thunder also? Blue Thunder, good villain. He played hey, the villain a lot. Catch me later. Yep. <laughs> There's some good stuff from Malcolm I love that McDowell. movie. Yeah. Roy Scheider, 83, John Bannum. Yep. Really good movie. That's awesome. Really good that actor. movie's awesome. And he played Loomis, right? In the up in the in the recent Halloween. He did, movies. and he was good casting as Loomis. Yeah. He was. Just not quite as uh integral the as the wrong director. Yeah, the wrong director. All right, yes. last but not least is our Captain America, Chuck, as uh, Chris Evans turns 40 this weekend. Captain let's stay America. Away, let's mean, stay away I, from what, Captain what America. What movie did he do a couple years ago? I enjoyed with uh the what's her name? Oh, the he, Gifted. You like that movie, right? With his little with the little girl. Right. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Knives out. He's really good in it. And how about the old one? Cellular with uh, Kim Basinger. That was a good one. That's and a he good was flick. a flash in the Fantastic Four. And he was. Yeah, he was. But go check out. He's Cellular. a likable. He's a likable guy. That's why he's a good Captain America. He's a perfect Captain America. There's no doubt about it. You know, in, in the in, um, in the 80s and 90s, I could see him doing a lot of different movies. Like, you know, not big, big budget, not low, low budgets, like in between, mm -hmm. like because he has a likability and he's a good. He, he's like a Kurt Russell, right? He's just. He, but he, now now we, everything's really big or really small. It's not a lot of middle ground. I could see him. I could see him in Kurt Russell's career. Just a very familiar, likable face. He's going to make you some money. He's going to be in some action movies. Yeah. He's going to basically play himself. And that's what yeah. Kurt Russell made a living out of doing. So uh, no doubt about it. All right, Chuck, let's talk about dad's. Uh, Father's Happy Father's Day to you, and we're you both too. dads. And, When's uh, Father's Day? Good Father's Day, and it's you know, Sunday. Uh, but it's Sunday. By the way, oh. before we get into movies, your favorite TV dad was who? Wow, Howard Cunningham. Here's a good one. Vin, uh, Dick Van Patten was pretty good on Eight Is Enough, right? Dick Van Patten. That was, was a good one. How about uh, Michael Landon in Little House on the Prairie? Is pretty damn good one. And he's not known as a dad on the show and we didn't bring it up, but we lost Gavin. I didn't, I didn't do my research on the TV dads. You know, we, 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 we lost Gavin McLeod last week. He was a dad yeah. on the love boat um, real quick on Gavin McLeod's career. Well, he was primarily known for two big things. He was uh, in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm -hmm. and I heard in an article I, I was reading that he actually tested for the role of Lou Grant played by Ed Asner. Oh, that wouldn't have worked. But then he said, ah, you know what? I, I, I I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not comfortable being, He's not uh, gruff. A, a nasty boss to Mary Tyler Moore. Let me do this other role. And he killed it. Murray. And, 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 and you know, I was saying on, on my radio spot about the love boat, you know, the critics were unkind. But, Mike, that, that show was beloved by people That's a great on a show. Saturday night on a That's Saturday a night. Great show. That movie is tremendous. I mean, that TV show is very entertaining. It was like comfort food. It made you feel absolutely. Good, right? And people absolutely. need that. It's, it's important. And he was he was fantastic as the captain. He did yeah. a great job. He wasn't asked to do much on the show, but oh, but he was good. He was good. He was very good on the iconic, not borderline iconic, an iconic character, Captain Steubing, uh, played by I mean, uh, by by Gavin McCloud. And uh, he's, you know, you know who played the captain in the re in the reboot on the on uh, Robert Urich, right? Yeah, Robert Urich. Yeah. yeah. 
before he died. Uh, yeah. yeah. So let's get into some uh, film movie, uh, film dads now, Chuck, and we'll rank our 10 uh, favorite dads. Now, what I tried to do is what you try to do, Mike. Here's what I did. My list is mostly single dads. You and I, I'm a single dad. You're not a single dad. Um, I, 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 I have a couple that are you could interpret it as a single dad, but they're not. But here's mm-hmm. my 10. Here's my 10 through six and 10 and nine are technically not single dads, although Bill, Brian Mills who uh, is uh, Liam Neeson in Taken. He's on my list. He would eventually become a single dad in a very tragic way. But um, that built Brian, Liam Neeson Taken is my number 10. My number I nine. Actually, I hate that plot point. I know. Taken I know. Oh, my God. I know. Like, I mean, like, I, I want to walk out of theater. And that movie stunk. Yeah, but, like, that's insulting. It is. It is. You don't do that. No. How no, dare like, they? No, nah, it's What bad. are they thinking? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm they're out of ideas. Chuck. Right, they're out yeah. of ideas. Um, All right. All right. So that was my number 10. Is what was taken. it? <laughs> Brian Mills. Liam right. is my number 10 taken my number nine. Now, he's not a single dad, but he basically plays one. And that's Jack Butler. That's uh, Michael Keaton. Mr. Mom. Uh, he's hysterical in that role. Um, taking care of all the kids while Terry Gar goes back to work. Uh, I especially love when he's watching soap operas with all the other neighborhood moms. He's very funny in that role. My, it pretty much made him a star too. my uh, number eight, a three way tie, Peter, Michael and Jack and three men and a baby. Of course, Tom Selleck, uh, Steve Gutenberg, and to a lesser extent, Ted Danson, because he is the actual dad in that movie. He's not a really good dad in that, but the other two are good. Very funny movie. I enjoyed the sequel as well. My number uh, seven. He's not a dad in it long, but Forrest Gump, uh, Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Uh, the last 20 minutes of that film with Haley Joel Osment as his son. It's nothing as more heartwarming as those two watching TV together with their head, head tilted. And when he walks him to the bus at the end of the movie, Chuck, it feels like he is a great dad in that movie. And you know, he's going to be one going on. And uh, my number six, I think you'll get a kick out of, and it might be on your list is Bill Sanford played by John Goodman and coyote ugly. For some reason, you know what? That's that, a damn good pick. That role is a really movie, good pick. Not I, a lot I, of screen I, time, but uh, it's we so talked about this. We talked about this movie. I'll never really understand the disconnect between critics and a fan base. Well, I think the marketing critics, was critics can't stand him. He's probably your Jerry Bruckheimer reduction, blah, blah, yeah, blah. The marketing and that right. was wrong. It was, but, a wrong- but Mike, first of all, Piper Perabo is awesomely appealing in that movie. Yeah. I mean, awesomely apparent. The, 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 um, but ultimately, Chuck, it became a movie about girls on top of the bar dancing. Yeah, I get it. But it's much more. Dance. It is actually more than it's that. More than that. Because is. her connection with John Goodman is so respectful. And very so well done. Really and, good. And he's a good dad in it. And he's my number six. So Liam Neeson at number 10 and taken yeah. num- number nine, Michael uh, Keaton and Mr. Mom. Number eight is the three men and three men and a baby. Number seven, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump and Forrest Gump. And yeah. number six is uh, John Goodman. And he's a single dad in that as well. And, and Coyote yeah. Ugly. So a uh, couple single dads in there. My top five are all single dads. Um, so what do you got for 10? That was, that was a good that was a good list. Here's my number 10. How about uh, Bruce Willis's Harry Stamper in Armageddon? <laughs> well, you know like, what's funny is his, his scene when he tells Liv Tyler, who, who plays his daughter in the movie, scene. that he's scene. not coming back. He has to break his heart. That's powerful. It I know powerful. Yeah, it, it, it has power. The problem is the absurdity yeah. for the first two and a half hours of that movie. I'm okay <laughs> with that movie. I still like it. It's, yeah. I, I know it's absurd, but I still enjoy it. Uh, all right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that one because I thought about it. And let's face it. Technically, Chief Brody and John McClane are dads. I, I didn't want to go that route, but, yeah. you know, uh, all right. I'll give my you number. A- my number nine, Robin Williams, Mrs. Daniel Doubtfire. Hillard in Miss Doubtfire. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. It's a good one. 
Number Although eight. Some might argue he was an awful dad leading up to what he did, but whatever. That's okay. Yeah. We all can he redeem. redeem himself. Yeah. Okay. Number eight. How about Eugene Levy in American Pie? No eleven. No eleven. Steen. He was his his advice to his son, played by <laughs> Jason Biggs, is classic. He's and, my and, number and, eleven, Chuck. He's he an actually awesome is. Ta- he's an awesome talent. He, he's Levy. really good in that film, and he actually. I just saw a- him. On, I just saw him on a Capital One commercial. Actually. Yeah, he's doing basically. He's doing with his daughter now. They're doing Capital One. What's in your my number commercial. seven? How about uh, Lawrence Fishburne is the oh, character in Furious Boys, Styles and Boys in the Boys Hood. In, I remember the, the, the advice yeah, he gives his son is very powerful in that movie. Very good. Very well done. Very, very thought provoking. Well yeah, very good. Number six. I, I had. How, how about Cameron Poe played by Nick Cage in, in Con Air? Everything <laughs> he does that. in that movie is to get back to his little girl. He was on his, my initial like, list. He was. He was yeah, on my okay. initial list. So my number. OK, number 10. Bruce Willis in Armageddon, number nine, Robin Williams and Miss Doubtfire, number eight, Eugene Levy in American Pie, number seven, Lawrence Fishburne in Boys in the Hood, and number six, Nick Cage as Cameron Poe in Con Air, a movie that is unbelievably and instantaneously rewatchable. Oh, what a great film. And uh, yes, he's and just give me back the bunny, right? Um, yeah. Great, great stuff. And he uh, plays that beautifully, Nick he Cage. He does. Good ending. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, and and he is a dad, technically. There although, is a tremendous entertainment. It is. It is. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Good list. Good list. Uh, um, Thank you. Thank you. None Mike. of mine. None, none of those are on my I list. I know. It's so interesting. We're doing well so far. Number I five agree. for me, Chuck. Not a great movie, but he's a really good dad in it. And and Tom Hanks pops up again on my list. This is twice. Plays a single dad and widow. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle with him and his okay. son trying to find another woman for for Tom Hanks's character, Sam Baldwin. Uh, look, it's not a great movie. It's extremely flawed. Nora Ephron uh, wrote and directed it, um, but I, he's so sweet in it, and his relationship with his son is done so well in it. I couldn't keep him off the list, uh, and Tom Hanks is just perfect. I mean, who wouldn't want Tom Hanks as your dad? And let's face it, he's a dad most than anything else in this film. He's not a love interest because they don't even meet up until the very yeah. end. This is mostly a father-son relationship throughout, and that's why it's my number five. I love Tom Hanks and Sleepless in Seattle. My number five, I went with uh, Sean Connery is uh, Henry Jones Sr. in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, I, I talked about this on the show before. When I first saw that movie in theaters, I was a little perplexed because I expected Sean Connery to be the macho James Bondish father and what you get is the exact opposite he sort of no. plays it against type and his banter and chemistry with harrison ford's real good and then you learn that henry, you know indiana jones name is henry yeah right? and, you learn uh, that. and most of his action scenes junior 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 right? he's henry right? jr that's he's right. henry jr uh, most of his action scenes are, are by accident. You know, he he he, he yes. becomes heroic, you know, so exactly. It's it's really well, well done. Uh, he almost made my list, but I went with another single dad at number four, Chuck. And I remember seeing this in the theaters at a very young age. OK, and, and that's a Ted Kramer, Dustin Hoffman and Kramer versus Kramer. We're really Street, going back. OK, Meryl Streep takes off, Chuck. She wants to leave a different life. Leaves him, leaves him with the kid. And he's got to take care of this precocious seven year old um, Phil, uh, uh, a child actor who's very good. He ended up being in the uh, 16 Candles movies as well. I loved uh, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman's performance as a film. And then she comes back and tries to get the kid back in court. Turns into a courtroom drama. Meryl Streep's very good. The, the movie was uh, was nominated for Best Picture. Both of them got, he won Best Actor for that film as well. I believe Sidney Pollack directed that movie. And it's done so well, Chuck. Um, I love that movie, especially the part where he tells him not to put that ice cream in his mouth and, and don't do it. 
do not put that ice cream in your mouth. And the kid does. And you're going to be in big trouble. And if any dad can relate to that, especially a single dad. Uh, it's definitely uh, Robert Benton actually directed that movie. It's a great film. Okay. And that was 1979, Chuck. And that movie still plays to this day. You can watch that movie again. And it is. Uh, it's still relevant because you still have marriages that fall apart like this. Sure. And the dad's got to pick up the pieces. Yep. Good pick. My number four, I went with Brian Mills, uh, Liam Neeson's character. And taken and that that line reading is iconic. We talked about this last week. I think when we talked yeah. about Liam Neeson's birthday, particular set of skills. You can't wait for him to get the bad guys in that movie, and he does yeah. it because the you know the connection and love he has for his daughter, uh, played by Maggie Grace. So that's my number four. That's a good pick. Obviously, it was in my top ten, no doubt about it. And uh, my number three is going to be really good. My number three, I think you'll like as well. And there's not a lot of great dads. In uh, John Hughes movies, I, you know, um, I, I hearken back to 16 Candles. Paul Dooley you went with Pretty in Pink, right? Paul Dooley is really good as the dad in 16 Candles. But number three is uh, is Jack. And that's uh, that's a uh, Molly Ringwald's dad. Harry Dean Stanton. Hey, okay, it's a good one. In, in Pretty good in Pink. There's a, a lot of good dialogue between them in that movie. Great dialogue. So heartwarming. Uh, he's a down on his luck dad. He's just trying to find a job. He's thinking yes. his wife's going to come back. He's she's not coming back. And she kind of whips him into shape. Um, and I, really I think their Molly Ringwald character is a really good role model for young women in that movie. Absolutely. And uh, he's not a great role model for dads, but he does come through in the end. Yes. And agree. any kind of relationship you have with your daughter like that. And, you know, like I'm a single dad with, with a daughter. I don't know. That one kind of hits heart hits 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 me home there, Chuck. And I, I just like Harry Dean Stanton's performance in Pretty in Pink at my number three. Good pick. My number three. I went with um, the character of Chris Garner played by Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, that was close to making my list. That's a okay, that, that's a, one. It's a tremendously good performance by Will Smith. It's a very powerful movie. It feels very real. And it's based on a true story about a guy who's homeless, who makes something of himself and has that connection with his child. And that's his most important thing in life. And he, he, he works so hard to become something and he becomes a stockbroker. I mean, it's a fascinating story with a good performance. And that's a good father. So that's my number three. Some some argue that's where Will Smith peaked, right? I mean that I mean that movie and that performance, he got a lot of critical praise and it did really well. Um, and he really hasn't reached that height again in his career. Um, but it's really a heartwarming movie and based on a true story, makes it even more heartbreaking too. Um, but all about redemption, right? He comes through. Um, and his son played his son in that, didn't he? Yes, he's yeah. good. Much better than when they teamed up again in that M Night Shyamalan movie, right? That yeah, was yeah, agree. Oof. That was bad. Chuck, you're going to like my number two, I think. And it's kind of off the board here a little bit. But, you know, since I have a daughter and I am a single dad, the character of Will Hayes, played by Ryan Reynolds, indefinitely maybe to me. That's a good one. Might be one of my favorite dads on big screen. Um, The relationship he has relating to his daughter, who his mom, who her mom is, is just incredible to me. The way director and writer Adam Brooks intertwine all the characters together to bring upon us a, a sweet and heartwarming movie with a great ending. And it's a, it's a daughter and a son putting the pieces together and then coming together at the end when she finally figures out who her mom is and then figures out who her dad should be in love with. And Chuck, I mean, this movie did play a lot on TBS. So a lot of people now might have seen it by now, but this movie came out in 19, 2008. Didn't make yeah. a ton of money, but this is Ryan Reynolds. Like you wouldn't see him. I remember watching it on, uh, I rented it. I didn't see it in the theater. I rented it and me and my wife and not my, me and my wife watched it. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. 
It's Abigail so Spencer plays his daughter, right? Yep. Uh, Abigail Spencer and uh, Kevin Klein's got a good cameo. Rachel Vise is in it as well. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you've got great performances all across the board. Uh, it's uh, Elizabeth Banks is in it. I love this film. And again, it might've been discovered by a lot of people, but if you haven't seen it yet, he's a great dad in it. And he's my number two, my, my two and one, I, I went to safe route, but I, I, I put him on my list. Cause I had, I, I went with George Bailey and it's a wonderful life. Yeah. He was uh, almost on my list. Yeah, I, 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 I had to, uh, I just, I mean, I look at the character more as a, as a husband, but yeah. I mean, you know, Zuzu pedals and this is powerful stuff. And that, you know, the scene where, you scene where he's on the, the emotional breakdown and he sort of like scolding, he snaps on his kids. They did the same thing in Hook with Robin Williams to set up that character's like redemption. And then when he comes back and, and you know, they expect them to be angry and he just has a joyful life. It's very powerful. We, we, we know this. It's yeah. tremendously powerful. It's a good pick. It's a safe pick as well as my number one and your number one is probably the safest pick of all. And I would think Atticus, Atticus yeah, Finch. That's my number one. Yeah, I mean, Dr- Gregory Peck is Atticus Finch in uh, Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, I think this would top everybody's list. The ultimate single dad who's widowed and has to figure out uh, the big mystery in the small town uh, that deals with race, uh, depression, and and just a father-daughter relationship that's quite incredible. And this movie, Chuck, was made back in 1962, and it still holds up. 59 years later. Well, you know, I, I, I talked about this before, too. I've done a few revivals of it on the big screen. And it, it, it feels like you're watching a time capsule. Like, you know, same experience you get when you're watching a Rod Serling Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. in black and white. It feels like contained. In, when you watch it, uh, Kill a Mockingbird on a big screen, it feels like it's self-contained in a time capsule. Like, it, it, you, you understand, like, that's a point in time that it's it's important. It should yes, it shouldn't important. be changed. It shouldn't be changed. Like you you have like for people who say, oh, you know, there's things in the Killing Mockingbird we don't want to watch or like don't play it in your you know you it, you it is what it is. You have to you have to play it. It's well, the what, scary part is is you play yeah. it again and yeah. the world has not changed as much as we need. No, to no, and 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 that's why. But he's, I mean that that character and and Gregory Peck as that character is iconic. Well, he's the moral compass of what this country should it, be. Yes, and it's a great moral compass. He's a great moral compass, yes. And and, and he's the perfect dad, and he's the perfect lawyer, and he's the perfect friend, defender. Yes. Uh, and, and and the scary part is, 59 years later, yeah. they could make an original screenplay yeah. based in modern times with the same problems that still exist. Yeah, no now. no doubt. But, you know, when Gregory Peck, you know, he's one of, when, he, when he speaks, every word, every oh line, God. you're like, you're glued in on. It's just incredible. He won Best Actor, um, and ironically, inc- incredibly, it did not win Best Picture that year. And you know what's funny is Alan J. Pakula directed that movie, and he went on to do an incredible amount of work you know, through his career, and he died a tragic death later in his life. But it's hard to believe that he was the director of To Kill a Mockingbird, um, and, and he, he created one of the great TV uh, movie dads. Of course, Harper Lee did mo- gets most of the credit with the, the you know movie with the book that everybody, every kid has to read and ha- you know has read uh, through school. All right, so there you go. Uh, 10 through uh, number one, uh, Taken, Mr. Mom, Three Men and a Baby, Forrest Gump, Coyote Ugly, Sleepless in Seattle, Kramer versus Kramer, Pretty in Pink, Definitely Maybe, and To Kill a Mock- Mockingbird, all the dads in all those movies, Chuck. Good list, Mike. Number 10, 
Bruce Willis in Armageddon, number nine, Robin Williams, Miss Doubtfire, number eight, Eugene Levy in American Pie, number seven, uh, Lawrence Fishbourne in Boys in the Hood, number six, Nicolas Cage in Con Air, number five, Sean Connery in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, number four, Liam Neeson in Taken, number three, Will Smith in The Pursuit of Happiness, number two, George Bailey. George Bailey character mm-hmm. in It's a Wonderful Life and number one, Atticus Finch, played by Gregory Peck. Chuck, I am uh, shocked. I am shocked. Peter, I am shocked Peter Banning is not in your top 10. I thought about it. I actually thought, it, you know, the only reason I didn't do it is because, you know, he, he redeems himself in the third act, right? When he becomes Peter, Peter Pan and he flies and he thinks he's happy. I did think about it, though. Well, yeah, uh, you know, it almost Clark Griswold almost made my list. Um, I just wanted to bring. That no, up. he wouldn't make my list. That's a good dad. And, you know, almost made my list. Was Dennis Hopper the dad in True Romance? Only for the ten. A lot of people like that. Yeah, it's a good one too. It's a good one. He's not in it enough for me to put him on the list. So it's fun. Happy Father's Day. Um, I hope you enjoy one of these movies if you haven't seen some of them. And uh, Chuck, I don't know what you have planned with your daughter, but I hope you enjoy your day. Uh, Thank you very much. And to the audience, appreciate the listening. And Mike, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.